Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Spin your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records. Sans Pants Radio, Australia's most American podcast network. Hey, what's back, man, everybody? Welcome to the Cynical Cartoons Podcast, where today we are talking about Galaxy High. This is a show from 1986, and I'm joined on this episode by my friend Addison Antonoff, who uses she, her pronouns. Thanks for listening to Cynical Cartoons for another week, and as always, I'm your host, Mia Marchant. My pronouns are she, her, and I'm here if you need to talk. Traveling millions of miles through space To go to school in a far-out place Baby is the sweetheart Doyle's got a lot to learn Here at Galaxy High Galaxy High Galaxy High Galaxy High Galaxy High Galaxy High Galaxy, Galaxy hi. Ooh, boy, this show. It's really um, hard to chant in unison with Skype lag. <laughs> I've just realized. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, Addison, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. How are you? Uh, well, mm, it's a little bit up in the air. We'll talk about that in a second. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I met you through a um, charity stream by a friend of the show, Brett MW. They were streaming Resident Evil for an entire weekend. Raised a lot of money for Amnesty International. If you're listening, Brett and Zach, love and appreciate you. Yeah, Brett and Zach, they listen to every episode, actually. That's what they do every Saturday night. They sit down for a nice little candlelit dinner and they listen to the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) I almost believed you, except you didn't mention tea and therefore I knew it was a lie. Oh, crap. The tea and crumpets, I left it all out. Damn. Yeah. (laughs) I'm I'm having a a weird day. (laughs) We talked about it a little bit before we started recording. But basically, I went to um, engineer a podcast this morning up in the Hollywood Hills. I I was engineering the show, producing it. And when I was trying to get home, I tried to hail an Uber. And my phone was like, like, I realized that I didn't have like $12 or whatever it was to get home in an Uber. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, oh, Jesus, I'm broke. Okay, I forgot about that. So I I asked the host of the show if he could hail me an Uber home. And he did. And so I got in this Uber. And it was a, a 20 minute ride, you know, and the guy was like really nice and very talkative. And usually I'll get on my headphones when I'm in an Uber, but mm-hmm. whatever, he was being nice. And um, slowly the conversation starts to drift in like this really creepy direction, but just like so uh. gradually that I hadn't realized that that was happening. 
Because, you know, a locked and moving car is the is the best time to have these types of discussions. I know, I know. And so, like, we're riding along, and he's, like, asking me what, how long I've been in L.A. And he's, like, this 55-year-old dude. And he's, like, oh, are you are you an actor? I said no. And he was, like, oh, okay, because, like, your, your face, like, baby, boy or girl, it doesn't matter. You could play both sides. And I was, like, oh, okay, thanks. He was, like, yeah, you're very, you're very beautiful. I was, like, okay. <laughs> and he was, like, are you transgender? I was, like, yeah. You know, when a stranger asks that, that's... Mm. <laughs> and and it seemed just genuine interest. He was telling me, like, yeah, he mm-hmm. where, where he grew up, he's gay and he couldn't be gay there. And so he loves to be in America where he's free to do that. And it was like a nice conversation for a while. But then it starts going in this really weird direction where he, like was asking me like, oh, do you like like guys or girls? And I was like, well, both. I'm bisexual. Do you have a boyfriend? Do you have trouble with the penis? <laughs> I don't uh... know what that was supposed to mean. And then he told me a story that I think was about him getting a hand job from a transgender uh... masseuse. Um, <laughs> and then we got pretty close to my house and he was like, is this, is this where you live? Is this I'm dropping you off at your house? And I was like, mm-hmm. And then I like walked around the blocks that he couldn't follow like, me. Nope. <laughs> I live... Elsewhere. <laughs> I live in Washington. <laughs> I live not in a different, different astral plane. I'm just visiting. Yeah. I've never had anything that uncomfortable happen to me, luckily. There's this weird pattern that almost every time I get into an Uber, Jack the Ripper is brought up. Okay. <laughs> so I think the first time I ever took an Uber was in London. I was, you know, going to the airport or something. They're like, oh, you're an American. And I was like, yep. And they're like, so what are you doing in London? I was like, oh, I'm here. I'm taking a semester abroad. And they're like, oh, what do you study? And I was like, oh, I study history. And they're like, oh, so stuff like Jack the Ripper. And I was just like, okay. I mean, yeah, I guess. Yeah, the Victorian era is really interesting to me. You and, know, Jack the Ripper, know, John Wayne Gacy, uh, yeah. who else? Charlie Manson. <laughs> I would have such a strong foot to stand on if I hadn't taken a class on true crime last semester. But I never bring that up. And I, I like I don't wear my schedule on my shirt. So I don't know. And I was like, okay, well, I'm an American in London. They're like, oh, this person might not know a lot about, like, English history. So I'm just going to bring up this thing that everyone will know about. Right. But then (laughs) the next time this happened, I was in Massachusetts uh, where I go to university. And I was taking the Uber from the airport to campus or something. I don't know. I was trying to get back to my dorm. And they're like, oh, what are you studying? And I was like, history. And they're like, oh, what era? And I was like, the Victorian era because I was reading something about imperialism oh that's your problem is is that you're studying victorian era history and nobody knows anything about that era except for jack the ripper so it's really i thought (laughs) yeah that's what i thought but and he's like oh all i know about the victorian era is jack the ripper and i was like okay well i'm never bringing up victorians in an uber (laughs) ever again no matter the circumstances Uh and the next time i get an uber are these guys these guys have like big twirly mustaches and monocles and top hats and like a big knife your Uber drivers. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I don't know if they Jack have the a Ripper knife. I, I don't. Th- I don't think any of them had mustaches that I remember. They could have had knives. I don't okay. know. I mean, the car didn't get crashed or anything, and I'm I'm still here. Sure. But I was like, okay, I'm gonna make sure that this doesn't happen again. So the next time I'm in Uber, they're like, oh, what are you studying? I'm like history. They're like, oh, what era? And I'm like. The Cold War, you know, that's like a hundred years after. And they're like, I don't really know anything about the Cold War. I'm more into like Victorian stuff, you know, like Jack the Ripper. Oh and I was like, okay, I'm going to die. Um, and it, like another time they're like, what are you, because 
I get picked up and dropped off at my campus a lot. Mm-hmm. And like someone's like, oh, what are you studying? I'm like, creative writing, neuroscience, literally anything else. I'm not studying neuroscience. I am studying creative writing. Right. And they're like, oh, I just read a really interesting book about Jack the Ripper. And oh, that's why Christ. I take Lyft now <laughs> because Uber has a weird thing with Jack the Ripper. So I take Lyft now. <laughs> It's it's kind of hard to get off of campus otherwise, yeah. unless I take it to like a, the train station or something. So it's um, always a time. Yeah, taking Uber is interesting because I always just headphones in, you know, because I'm mm-hmm. I'm transgender. I'm transitioning. I'm early in my transition to the point that like people don't really see me as a woman, but chasers and dudes that are 25 years older than me definitely see me as like I don't fucking know. <laughs> Somebody that they want to fuck. That's the answer, really. So it comes up a lot. Um, But that's not what we're talking about today. Today we're talking about (laughs) (laughs) Galaxy High School from 1986. (laughs) Addison, what kind of cartoons did you watch growing up? Like what kind of like really weird stuff that's sort of off the beaten path? I don't know if I have anything off the beaten path. My most like my strongest memory is watching SpongeBob with my grandpa, who then taught me sea shanties, which the music from the show was based off of, that I went and taught my kindergarten classmates. And so I got in a bit of trouble for teaching sea shanties to other children. Are they um, were they like dirty songs? I don't know I mean, sea shanties really. The only one I can think of is What Do You Do with a Drunken Sailor, which isn't like dirty. Right. But it's not for kindergartners and there were others i'm sure some of them were absolutely awful but i can't remember i think the most off the beaten path thing this is so pretentious but (laughs) it's who i am which is another weird thing to say is that i remember watching a dvd it was a movie version of beethoven's the magic flute and i remember like weird scenes from it like i remember this giant staircase I just remember bits and pieces of it. I don't remember the story. I don't remember the music. I just remember, like, weird flashes of it. And it will sometimes come into my head when I'm in the middle of, like, a fever dream or something. (laughs) I'm not entirely sure if it's real because I've tried to find, like, the version that I see in my head and I haven't. But other than that, I have this memory of, like, a claymation sheep. Is it Sean the Sheep? Maybe it's a grandpa sheep who wear who's wearing like a blazer and I haven't been able to find like this specific character from Sean the sheep. It probably was and my brain's just like mixing it up, but it's like this weird cryptid sheep that doesn't actually exist outside of my right. mind. <laughs> <laughs> Someday on the podcast I'll do my sort of cartoon that I grew up watching and thought everybody else had, but nobody has ever known what I was talking about. And I did eventually find it. It's called Toad Patrol. <laughs> oh my gosh. And it's about all these little frogs and the frogs need to cross across the forest and go through a magic mirror. And if they don't, they become toadstools, like little mushrooms. So they spend the entire first season like going across this forest to get to the magic mirror. They go through it. They don't turn into toadstools. Maybe one or two of them does. And then in season two, they're like, we need to go back to the other side of the forest to get that frog that we left behind. And then they're like risking being turned into toadstools again. I'm like, why are you... I'm six and this doesn't make any sense to me, but okay, let's just do it. <laughs> Yikes. Was it Toad Patrol or Frog Patrol? Toad Patrol. Toad Patrol and Paw Patrol? Crossover uh-huh. <laughs> episode. That's what I want, and that's what's going to fix the world's problems, is that crossover episode. Yeah, so Toad Patrol, upcoming episode, who knows when. I've been talking about <laughs> doing it for years, but I, I I, would talk to people about it and be like, hey, did you ever watch that weird cartoon about the frogs that were going to get turned into toadstools? Everybody would always be like, what are you? What the fuck are you on about? Like, what are you talking about right now? <laughs> Nobody has ever seen yeah. this cartoon except, and I guess it was like Canadian or something. 
Toad Patrol. Check it out. I think it's on YouTube, maybe. I don't know. So Galaxy High. I think it's called Galaxy High School in general, but who would ever say all three words? It's Galaxy High. This is all on YouTube. There's 13 episodes. I think we each watched three, but not the same Mm -hmm. three. I watched the first three. Okay, I watched one, three, and seven, because seven sounded Mm -hmm. like it was right up my alley. So the concept of Galaxy High, this show is produced and maybe created by Chris Columbus. Anyone named Chris Columbus, I'm automatically suspicious of. (laughs) (laughs) No, but he's a good man. He made Gremlins. He made Harry Potter 1 and 2. He made The Goonies. He wrote Gremlins and The Goonies. And I think maybe he wrote Home Alone. But I know that's a John Hughes movie, so maybe not. I have seen Gremlins and the first two Harry Potter movies. I have not seen Goonies because I'm a horrible, horrible, horribly culturally illiterate Uh, person. Goonies you can take (laughs) or leave, I think. Like, I watched it for the first time at 19, and I was kind of like, okay, I can see why somebody 20-something years ago who was nine years old would have loved this. But it's really not for me. But it it makes sense watching this show that Chris Columbus would go on to do Harry Potter. Because, like, basically the concept here is... Amy and Doyle are two high school kids from Earth, basically get roped into a foreign exchange student, maybe, situation, to Galaxy High. Yeah, so they go to finish their high school years in space. Yeah. I don't think they name a specific planet or, or solar system or anything, but they both go, and it's clear to me why Amy goes, because she's the nerdy girl. Right, exactly. I don't know why Doyle goes because he's like the really sporty popular one but like in the theme song of the show which I have pulled up he's failing his classes but both of them are sent to Galaxy High and like Amy gets like a bunch of scholarships and a car and he goes and they're like we'll give you a job yeah a job and a, a little hover scooter yeah, which is more than a lot of schools will give as someone going to universities, not high school. But, like, it's not unrealistic. I think the most unrealistic thing about the show, including going to school in space, is the fact that Doyle will be able to pay his school tuition by working a part-time job. That's the most unrealistic thing of this show. Well, it was the 80s where you could work a job and, like, put yourself through college and support a family of three and buy a house and a car, you know? <laughs> I'm just still unsure as to why Doyle was chosen. Yeah, it's it's so strange because like you get it with Amy, like you were saying, like she's an overachiever. She's like bachel baccalaureate. What is that word? Whatever. She's smart. But Doyle, his main thing is that he excels at American football, which is really only useful in one country on one planet in the entire galaxy. <laughs> And it's also like he's like the first line he has is ba- to Amy is basically, don't talk to me. You'll ruin my chances with the aliens. Like his first line is like, I want to screw the aliens, which is an interesting personality to send on a on a um, intergalactic uh, mission, especially since they're the first two like Earthlings going to this school. An, an interesting uh, choice. I don't really understand, but I think I have a theory as to why Doyle was able to go despite all of these weird things. Do you think it's like an insemination thing? Oh, like they wanted to like get some some new genes in the gene pool, and they were like, "This will fuck everybody." No, but now that's never gonna leave my head. Oh, this is the horniest show of all time, by the way. Go ahead. <laughs> I think it was episode episode two. Um, so at one point, um, 
Beef, who's like the bully in the school, gets taken by these aliens called the cholesterols, and he's stained the high cholesterol, so the king. <laughs> a, a great pun. Um, but what the cholesterols do to their king is eat them. So beef right. is going to get eaten. A twist which you can see coming, by the way, if you've ever seen any cartoon ever <laughs> or any movie. Like, it's very obvious right away. Like, okay, they, they want to eat this guy. And they're all like, she like such a big twist. And so Amy's like, we got to do something. We got to save, like, beef's going to get eaten. We have to do something. And Doyle's response is, let's send barbecue sauce, which is, what a savage. And earlier in the episode, he, like, swats a horse fly. Right, that turns out to be a fellow student. He does not care. He shows no remorse. Like, Doyle is obviously very used to, like, violence. So my theory is that Doyle's family is like a mafia. Like, they're involved in organized crime, something really (laughs) high up with a lot of power. Uh So Doyle, A, is used to, like, violence and, like, just these wild, horrible things like sending barbecue sauce to someone getting eaten and, you know, killing people. And when he realizes what he's done, he doesn't freak out. He's not like, oh, God. Like, he, he doesn't worry about, like, cleaning up the mess. So I think his family is, like, a mafia family, like, high up with a lot of power. And so Doyle got chosen because a family member pulled some strings. Like, some family member <laughs> has dirt on the Secretary of Education or something or holding the Secretary's <laughs> children hostage. And so they either want to do this to, like, try to re- make the mafia, like, reach out into space and get powerful. Right. Or they just wanted to get rid of Doyle. But either way, mafia. That's my theory. <laughs> Doyle should be an Uber driver, honestly. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I'm sure he'd have a lot to say about, like, I don't know. I don't know serial killers. I don't have any other ones other than Jack the Ripper and John Wayne Gacy. <laughs> I guess Charles Manson. Yeah, Charles Manson. Um, Ted Bundy. Buffalo Bonnie Bill? Clyde. I don't know. Buffalo Bill, yeah. Boston Strangler, well, uh, so, the U.S. government. Right. I mean, <laughs> so I don't know. Is this like an officially sanctioned exchange student program? It seems as though Doyle and Amy are probably abducted from Earth because like they take it's so strange to me that Galaxy High takes two students from the same high school mm-hmm. that, again, Amy makes sense. Doyle doesn't really. And it's like, why wouldn't you get like two smart students or two students that had the same kind of prowess or like from two different cultures, but like you're saying, not not two white American kids. That makes sense. Yeah, but like throughout the show, it's clear that no one educates anyone on culture. Like when Amy and Doyle, whose last name is Cleverlobe, I feel like that needs to be mentioned. Like they just walk in, they have no cultural pl- primer whatsoever. They have no idea what to expect. And then at another time, like Beef has no idea who the cholesterols are. So like both like. Earth education and space education are just woefully lacking in, like, cultural knowledge. Like, this show is more willing to have, like, neon green characters before having black characters or something. And I just... <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a real issue in 80s animation. Yeah. Um, this show, like we were saying a little bit ago, is very, very horny. I think that's important to establish <laughs> early on. Um, this yeah. first episode is just all about, like, Doyle trying to fuck... And then realizing that none of the girls want to fuck him and that his only friend is the little nerdy guy. I don't remember what his name is. Um, My- Milo. De Milo. Venus, I th- yeah, Milo. Yeah. That's right. It was wild. And like the the characters, like there's one named Wendy who looks like a sexy Teletubby. <laughs> you know who I'm talking about? Yeah, I think the- so. Is, is that the girl with the with the mouths, with all the mouths? That one has great lipstick and I want to know her secret. <laughs> Um, I think the character's name is Wendy. I can try to find okay. a photo for you. 
I just feel like like the creators of the show, their entire intention whenever they went to design an alien, and there's a lot of really fun alien designs in the show. I did genuinely laugh at the jokes where I was intended to laugh. I wasn't laughing at the cartoon for being bad. It's genuinely a really good show, and I think people would enjoy it. Mm-hmm. It feels like whoever designed all the aliens in the show made them all to be fuckable and like talk yeah. about how like they would fuck them. <laughs> like the one that has 12 mouths or whatever, the, the person that designed that was like, really just just obsessed with the practicality of that and what he would do with that alien yeah i I sent you a picture of this the one who looks like a sexy teletubby to me oh i see okay okay i've seen yeah she's sort of the mean girl a little bit i'm so speaking on like the the um perverse nature of the show yeah like because they they move through like pneumo tubes whatever the word is you know the thing that they travel with in every sci-fi show right like First of all, Amy's wearing a skirt, so she obviously wasn't prepped for this. But, like, how does anyone wear a skirt at this school? Because whoever's behind you is going to see everything. Also, there's a sign in the hallway at one point that just says, be careful, with no context. Oh, Jesus. (laughs) Um, Well, I I think it's like a Harry Potter situation where, like, kids at Hogwarts obviously just always fall off of, like, the moving stairwells. And that's just yeah. sort of something you accept. Like, if you go to Hogwarts, maybe you're going to die in class, out of class, while you're sleeping, anything. And here has got to be out. the same thing. Like, if you get yeah. jettisoned into space, that's just tools of the, that's going to happen. Yeah. I think there's, like, interesting ideas throughout the show, and I wish they had gone farther with it. Like, at one point, they're, like, showing, they're, like, establishing the world, and, like, there's an alien with x-ray vision, which isn't as horny in the show as it sounds like it would be, but... The teacher gives this kid lead glasses to keep the x-ray vision in check so the kid can't, like, read his textbook and cheat. And I thought that was really interesting. Yeah, there's a lot of really good gags here. And a lot of, like, thinking about the way that these aliens would function in this world. It all feels like a like a sort of proto, like, Rick and Morty thing. Yeah. Like, this would have been, like, Justin Roiland's favorite show grow- growing up. Because every alien... It's just like this weird little gleep glopping alien that's like, oh, hi, I'm Cleep Morp the Schlemelzorb, and you can see me. I'm two feet tall, and I'm eight feet wide, and I uh, have soy sauce that comes out of me when I sweat. And it's like, oh, wow, you're an interesting character. Are we ever going to see you again? No, no. not. <laughs> Bye. Well, and I'm just so interested about this world because like, when they're running through the classes, you see a class about making ice cream, uh-huh. and you see a class like that's using alphabet blocks, and then there's a class with like, someone on stage juggling and singing, and I'm just, I'm very confused. <laughs> I mean, the most, like, obviously, like, there's a disconnect because this is not the school that I'm, I'm used to. The closest thing is that the sentient chalkboard is called Macboard, which, um, pretty prophetic. Mm-hmm. But other than that, it was just, I have no idea what the priorities are in this world other than for students to have relations with each yeah, other. It's all about fucking. I mean, and it's weird because everything seems to be based around American culture, sort of. Like, yeah. the, the, the kids don't really understand the culture here. But, like, Doyle is sent off to work in a pizza parlor. He rides a hover mm-hmm. scooter. She has a hover car. All the clothes are pretty American. And it's like, well, if they were really this alien to this world, everything would not be this way. One character that I think we really need to talk about before we get too far into this episode is um, the creep. Do you know what I'm talking about? The little guy that like sexually harasses Amy. The serenading bee. Right, exactly. But his name is the creep. 
So he's established in episode one, sort of towards the end. He basically shows up, immediately starts hitting on Amy. <laughs> but like everybody at her table, she's like made some friends with the girls at the school. And they're like, get the fuck out of here, creep. And Amy's like, no, I kind of like him. And then he's like singing to her, serenading her. And then he wraps a leash around her neck. Yeah, like a, like a literal, he literally chains himself to her. Yeah, and and she doesn't seem all that uncomfortable with it. She's like, hey, what's the big idea? But she's not like, hey, get this fucking leash off me, dude. Like, what are you doing? We're attached. That's the idea. Oh, come on. Unlock this thing. No, if I were to do that, uh, we wouldn't uh, not we wouldn't be together for 24 hours a day. But I don't want to be together 24 hours a day. Uh, but, but I, <laughs> I do, and, and only I know the combination. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right. Over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about Wix. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Yeah, I'm so confused about that. I just I'm very concerned for like, her. Like first of all, no one has like this this bee is still running loose around the school, which I mean isn't unrealistic, I guess. And then her friends are like, This guy is creepy and she ignores that and is just like, No, you're cute. And then he's like, You are mine now and like just out of nowhere this chain is just around her neck and it's just yikes. And and it's so bizarre because because you kind of expect it to be like, oh, okay, this is a real issue and we'll never talk to this weird guy again. And then later on in the episode, you see her again and she's hanging out with the creep and he has his leash still around her. I mean, I guess she doesn't have an option unless there are like wire cutters around. Right. Well, and that, that does happen later. But then I watched a later on episode, episode seven, and it's mm-hmm. all about her like finding another guy that she's interested in. The creep is like... Oh, but if she's not interested in me, then whatever, I'll move schools. I'll I'm like, yeah. Why are they trying to empathize us to this little fucking weirdo that's trying to like chain her up in his basement? This is horrible. Yeah, this guy is like definitely an incel now. <laughs> he's an Uber driver. Yeah, he's he's an incel Uber driver. He's the right age for it now, I guess. Yeah, I, I would say that most of my notes were about the creep. He's he's no he's bad news, and I was very concerned for Amy's safety. Me too. I was this uh, this entire show. I was just very concerned for Amy and a little bit for Doyle, but not really at all. Because <laughs> yeah, I don't fuck really him. Care like, like like no offense, but he probably deserves like if he his his shitty like part time job like. Good. Yeah. Understand what it's like. It's 1986. He's a high school quarterback. He's probably homophobic. Let's just lay it out there. Yeah, he's not a great person. Amy, however, like she she seems pretty open minded. She's 
polite. She's smart. Mm -hmm. She's got a really fun character design, too. And the voice actress, I didn't write down who it was, but does a really great job. If I could sound like that, just A plus, 10 out of 10 voice goals. I think think my main note on Creepo is just the serenading bee, dot, 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 yikes. Yeah, I don't really, like, watching this as an adult, I'm like, oh, I see that. I see what they're doing. But A, this is a show for kids, and B, this is the 80s. So I don't think that's what they were going for. Yeah, um, yeah. So the, it's just the very 80s, uncomfortable. <laughs> every every prank or hijink in an 80s teen film is usually sexual assault or harassment. Like, don't yeah. watch Porky's again. Don't do it. <laughs> it's not worth it. <laughs> All I can think of is Back to the Future, and that's not the worst, but it's kind <laughs> of creepy. Yeah, I, I mean, the, the dad in Back to the Future is like a sex pest. Like, he's hanging out outside of his mom's window. Yeah. With the binoculars, like looking inside and then pretending like he got hit by a car. Yeah, I think I think the bar for eighty stuff is just so low that I'm like, you know what? I mean, you you have you have a scene that's explicitly against rape, so you're better than other things. I just can't get over the scholarship thing. Even Doyle <laughs> gets like federal like work study. I'm on the dean's list. Where's my money? Right. I'm I'm gonna move to Mars. Honestly, I'm. I'm over it. <laughs> I mean, it's so, yeah, it is really funny. That's a great scene where, like, they basically show up to their first class and the the teacher in the classroom is like, um, yeah, Amy, your way is totally paid because you're a great student. You're smart. You're going to do really well here. Uh, here's a bunch of money. And also, we got you this hover car. And it's like, oh, okay, I guess. And then <laughs> and then Doyle's like, hey, where's my stuff? Because, you know, classic um, white man entitlement. Which we left behind in the 80s, of course. Oh, yeah, That's absolutely. That's not an issue whatsoever today. <laughs> nope, nope. And they gave him the job at a pizza parlor, like like an Italian-run pizza parlor with like like yeah. an Italian stereotype pizza guy. And it's like, okay, this is very Earth-centric, but whatever. And they give him a hover scooter, which is pretty funny. <laughs> they give him a Razor scooter. I, it's weird, because if I remember correctly, like when Doyle first talks to a teacher, like Amy talks to this teacher and you know she's very polite and then Doyle's first move is to like compliment the beauty of the teacher which is like come on dude (laughs) (laughs) yeah he really sucks like we're not like putting on any airs here Doyle's a shithead yeah one of my notes is vor trash to save the planet and I don't know what that refers to oh oh I know what that is the dog there's a little dog oh that, yeah that Doyle yeah runs there's into. like a dog that eats garbage yeah they, they get sent down the trash compactor and then he's the janitor at the school and he gets really big and goes around and eats garbage yeah and I was like okay instead of sending two high school children into space send this guy and have him, you know, eat some eat some garbage. You know, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll provide room and board, and we'll save the world. Well, but thank you for solving that. I I would just open my notes, and then immediately under that, like nothing else, is like Milo is just Arnold from Mrs. Frizzle. So there's like <laughs> I, I had no idea what this note was about, and I was like, oh gosh. Yeah, I wonder if this is like an officially sanctioned. Um... Yeah. Like student exchange program, because in that case, wouldn't there be also aliens back at Earth? Yeah. And what is their life going to be like? Because uh, human beings in the 1980s, especially in America, (laughs) in the midst of the Cold War, were not super tolerant of um, people that had slightly darker skin, let alone, you know, five arms. Yeah. Accessibility and open mindedness is the hallmark of the 80s. You know, Ronald Reagan. 
those aliens come back to space a year later addicted to coke and like talking oh. about like pulling yourself up by your bootstraps yeah they just come back and they have like a horrible drug addiction and they're like you just gotta pull yourself up by your bootstraps i was gonna try to do a reagan impression and decided <laughs> against it they won't stop quoting like terminator they're just addicted to coke and jelly beans uh-huh. um <laughs> would not be surprised they bring like the the crack epidemic into space and that's why that's why there's no more space travel and this ended in the 80s the only theories i have for doyle other than being from like a crime boss family is superhuman resilience because in the first episode he gets tossed into like the french fry machine in the cafeteria and he's just like a gray gray blob covered in fries and milo just runs him to a teacher and it's like boop a boop First of all, he he survived that, essentially a meat grinder, but with potatoes, right. and he just instantly comes back and is A-OK. So, he just gets fucking glooped. Yeah, just like superhuman <laughs> resilience. Is that is that why he's here? Because I feel like that would have been mentioned, but like... Maybe he has like X-Men abilities or something like that. Yeah. It is a really funny moment, though, because Milo picks up Doyle's little, like, gloopy body covered in french fries, and he takes it over to his favorite teacher at the school, Professor Eisenstein. And Professor Eisenstein is like, oh, cool, you brought me some french fries. And Milo's like, this isn't french fries, this is a student. And the professor looks so disappointed that Milo didn't bring him food. (laughs) He just has such a look of disappointment on his face to have to fix this kid's problem. But, like, honestly, mood as well. Like, if you're going to ask someone to do a favor, you should... Bring them food? Well, well, he can eat the french fries if he wants to, I guess. Yeah, I guess it's because, like, they're attached to the goop that is Doyle that, like, if you pick a fry out, you've got, like, a little bit of him and he, he might not come back with an arm or something. Ugh. That's nasty. Just, like, a big chunk of him is, like, inside. Ugh, I don't like it. Ugh. Yeah. Food has a weird role in this show. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I think the only positive experience with food I had in relation to the show other than the class about making ice cream, because that was pretty fun, was when they're at the pizza parlor, someone's like, I asked for extra cheese. And he he brings the pizza back. And Milo, who also works at the pizza store, just loads it up with like three inches of extra cheese. (laughs) I liked the joke where he brings the family a a pizza with sardines on it. And there are a couple fish aliens. Yeah, I was like, okay, this is like a classic like Pixar style gag. Like, I'm pretty sure I saw that in a Bug's Life, and it was like, yeah, that, or like BoJack Horseman or something like that. Like, that's a classic good gag. And I was just like, I'm very confused about the school as well because it's like a boarding school, but they never bring it up. And there's like a sign. You know how like schools will have like electronic signs outside, and they'll be like. Welcome back. Uh, Teachers Appreciation Day is this day or we have this day off or whatever. There's one like that in the school, but it just says beef. Call your mother. (laughs) I just have a lot of questions about that. Also, episode two, like Doyle just gets roofied. Um, So it's the high cholesterol one. I think they're. okay. I did watch um, that episode. Which part are you talking about? I should have taken better notes. It's at the beginning of the episode. I think beef puts something in Doyle's food. And it's just like, he just gets roofied. What a great prank. Um, And then throughout the episode, he has beef with beef. And then, I don't remember why, but I think, no, it's Doyle gets, like, thrown into the trash compactor again. And then he has extra clothes in his locker, which 
We should talk about the lockers at some point because, wow. Right. (laughs) Every building and every item in this entire show is anthropomorphized. The lockers, the blackboards, they're like, we got to go to gym. And then gym is a giant building that walks around. I'm waiting for like the class revolution that started by the lockers. I'm waiting for them to rise up in like a Marxist level. It's so fucked up. Overhaul the system. Because like you just hold stuff inside them. But it's it's also weird because like, so Doyle's locker is like, very angry and, like, hates their job because, obviously... And then, like, Doyle's just mean to the locker and also just starts changing his clothes in the middle of the hallway in front of all of these lockers and also other students. Like, he just changes his shirt and pants. I think I think Doyle's locker even says something about, like, I'm not anybody's slave. And I'm like, whoa, yeah. they just incited slavery in this fucking... Like, if this locker is choosing to be mad at Doyle for having to do its job then every item in this entire show is a slave and they just have varying degrees of acceptance of that fact. Like the gym doesn't want to be a gym. Too bad you're going to be a fucking gym. Like it's really Vladimir (laughs) Lockin. Vladimir Lockin. That's it. That's all I've got. Vladimir Lockin. Yeah, we are waiting for the revolution for sure. So I had a note about the second episode though because I did watch that one too. I think it's actually episode three. It's just mistitled on YouTube. So he's going to save beef at the Planet Cholesterol. He's hitchhiking because the bus doesn't come for another three months. So a trucker stops for him and he's like, hey, can you give me a ride to this Planet Cholesterol? And the trucker's like, you need a ride? You're going to have to earn it. Get in the back. And I'm like, oh, no, what's about to happen? He was like milking chickens in the back. He was taking care of livestock. And when he gets out of the truck in the back, he's like, I never want to milk another chicken as long as I live. And I'm like, is this like coded language? What? Did he get what just happened? This is really because like they not they good. show like chicken sized cows that are space chickens, right? Exactly. Yeah, but the language is very coded and it's just very weird. Because I guess I guess, but like Stranger Danger was like a th- was becoming a thing in the eighties. I, I think th- I think the writers of the show definitely meant to like make it like an adult joke. But like, what is the adult joke that he got molested by a truck driver? Like, what the fuck are you talking <laughs> about? So funny. This is not good. Yeah. And then Cholesterol the Planet also is like Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, but worse. Like, like it's all edible food. Like the, the river's barbecue sauce, I think. Oh, right. <laughs> if you ate that much candy, I don't think anyone would be feeling super great. But it's things like potato chips and barbecue sauce. And I just the idea of, A, the smell oh, of that God. planet. <laughs> well, it's so funny to me that every time you see the little cholesterol aliens, they're eating something. And that is a pretty yeah. good gag. Like, they're fun. They made a lot of food aliens. puns. I was, I yeah. was but, really excited about those. <laughs> but the fact that they're eating something every single time you see them and their whole gimmick in the episode is that they're trying to find the worst person in the galaxy to make him their king so they can eat him. Mm-hmm. And they're like, literally, this guy is the lowest of the low. The worst piece of shit that we could find is this high school bully from Galaxy High. And like the problem at the end of the episode comes for them when he does something nice and and sacrifices himself to save Doyle. And they're like, no, we can't eat him. Gosh, darn it. Oh, man. I feel like this is a convoluted like baby Hitler scenario. Like, I don't oh. want to compare Beef to Hitler because Beef is just this high school kid. They're tracking down all the Jack the Rippers as babies. And yeah, all them. the all the Jack the Rippers. Like, Jack Jack the Ripper was, was a child at one point, presumably. <laughs> and was Jack the Ripper or whoever, like, do the cholesterol have, like, knowledge of the future? I'm confused because in the known galaxy for us in 2019 there are definitely definitely worse people around in the 80s 
so I'm guessing the cholesterol have some kind of future, some forward vision, and they know that beef is going to be awful, which also leads me to believe that, like, he becomes kinder through his interactions with Doyle and Amy and maybe doesn't become so evil in that sacrificing himself for Doyle is the start of that, like, redemption arc. No, because he's still an asshole at the end of the episode. He doesn't really learn anything, even though Doyle, sat, like, basically sacrificed himself and went to a planet to fight millions of little aliens by himself. Because the, the lines between them is like, Beef, I can't believe you saved me. And then Beef just shoots back, everybody makes mistakes, which, <laughs> you know, air horn noises and whatnot. He's such a scummy character. I hate him. He's not endearing at all. Nobody could possibly the, like him. The sass in this show is incredible. Oh, it's but off the hook. Like, like maybe, maybe this, like, sacrificing himself for Doyle isn't what makes him a good person, but, it, like, it opens that alternative possible path. Right. Of being not the worst. So we have Doyle, the child of a mafia, beef, future conqueror and horrible. Well, conquering is horrible. Uh, conqueror <laughs> of space. Amy, this just smart girl who who also, despite being bullied by Doyle, like gets really mean to him really quick, which also, I guess, makes sense. Yeah, all of the popularity really goes to her head. Like, she wasn't popular like, on really Earth. Like, really fast, though, too. But then she gets to, to space, and she's like, everybody wants to sleep with me. Everybody wants to be my friend. I'm hot shit. And it's like, yeah, yeah, you are. Like, good, good, good. Get some confidence, yeah, girl. Which I, I don't think she's unjust in being mean to Doyle, because Doyle is an ass. Yeah, he's he's constantly trying to pull pranks on her. Like, there's a moment in the episode where he, like, pretends like he's interested in her to make fun of her of like why would I ever be interested in you stupid and it's like oh this guy sucks throw him in the trash yeah also the chewing noises in that episode made made me want to like oh <laughs> it's it's the same visceral reaction I have when I read about like Ronald Reagan it's just right <laughs> I can't no stop please um which I guess is thematic to the show one, one thing we haven't talked about yet was that Amy goes on an alien makeover with all of her new friends in oh, space. Oh, yeah. I loved that sequence. It was very fun. It was just like very like nostalgic 80s shit. But um, I really loved the sight gag of just like her friend that has all of the eyes or like I guess that it was like a background character. There was like an alien that had 30 eyes and then somebody was applying oh, yeah. mascara to each of them. <laughs> And, and the like, eyes were moving around the face, and that was right. incredible. But also, like, the technology they have in that scenario makes me wonder about the greater implications. Like, they can change their skin color? Yeah, that's weird. <laughs> basically, Amy is appropriating... Avatar culture. Yeah, basically, she becomes blue. And then it's so weird because she, she paints herself blue, and then immediately when she goes back, Doyle wants to have sex with her even more. And it's like, Doyle just wants to fuck an alien so bad. Like, he's obsessed, and it's it's pathetic and desperate. Yeah, this this entire show is just, like, in the third episode, um, there's a planet called Tingler. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel like that's... Okay. That's enough. Yeah, that's enough. <laughs> um, also, at some point in the episode, Beef gets, like, really mad and changes colors. Mm-hmm. Like, he, he turns... Like, he's red, and he goes blue because he's so angry. But I don't think he does that in episode two, which centers around him. Right. It was just a weird episode because, like, the planet Tingler, first of all, is called Tingler. <laughs> Second of all, there are, like, these trees that are kind of like the trees from the Lorax meets LSD. Uh-huh. 
and they just like are running around the planet. And there's something called Zoom Juice, which is used as like the equivalent of cars gasoline, but it's called Zoom Juice and comes in like a can. Okay. I'm just so curious about like class structure in this world. Yeah, absolutely. Um, because there's like something that happens in the pizza parlor. I can't remember what it is, but the manager, Luigi, because this is a pizza place and <laughs> this is a very intercultural show, um, is like, you need to bring a pizza to Tingler, which is this scary, scary planet that oh, is sure. like just shrouded in mystery and rumors because anything named Tingler is not a good thing. I'm, I'm sorry. It's just not. Doyle, like, doesn't want to go because it's terrifying. And his manager is like, you got to do it. But then everyone in the restaurant is, like, siding with the manager. And I get it. (laughs) If they were, like, 50-year-old aliens with a poofy blonde haircut who were living in, like, the suburban arm of the Milky Way, I could get that. But it's, like, even the kids and, like, the other employees are like, yeah, management's right. And it's just like... Oh, boy. And then I remembered it's from the 80s. Yeah, this like, this oh. whole show was written by boomers. Yeah. <laughs> episode 7 has a lot of that shit, too. Um, in episode 7 of the show, there's a guy that comes to their school. His name is Reggie, and he's he's rich. He's super rich. He's, like, one of the richest guys in the galaxy. And, and he's their age, and he falls for Amy and, like, tries to woo her, basically, with all of his money. And she falls for it very quickly. <laughs> Like, at first, she's like, this guy's a jerk. He's such a douchebag. And then just, like, very, very quickly is like, mm, I like all the flowers he's getting me and the orchestra he hired to follow me around. And I like all of his money and his gold. And it's like, wow, you kind of suck. But whatever. Like, that's her sort of, that's her prerogative, right? She can fall for the rich guy she's she wants a, She's to. a child, too, you know. Yeah. And, and then everybody in the show treats her like such shit for not even before she ever accepts any of this. They're, like, mad mm-hmm. at Amy. Like, she decides to go on a date with this guy, and Doyle and Bulbhead come over to her apartment to get help with their homework. And they're like, hey, Amy, you need to take your entire night and help us with our homework. And she's like, oh, sorry, guys, I got a date. And then they get, like, pissy with her. And they get really mad. do you have a life outside of my needs? Yeah. They just, they don't even like her, really. Like, Doyle is such an asshole. And they're just, they treat her like such shit. And then everybody in the school gets really mad because she's like has a life yeah and they all like go to give her an intervention about getting a boyfriend and it's like yeah i get it like this guy's a player he's got a lot of money he falls for somebody every other day but like let her figure that out you know like tell her what she needs to know give her all the needed information and then leave her the fuck alone because if she wants to date this guy let her do it yeah I'm just so, at at the point, I just get kind of sick of, like, the high school drama, and I'm just waiting for that locker revolution. Yeah. (laughs) Cubby holes rise up. (laughs) Imagine, like, the gym building coming along and just smashing everybody, just laying on top of them. Oh, yeah, that was wild. The the gym is, like, the sentient being, but it's a robot, and, like, I'm pretty sure gym doesn't work like that. Oh, your, your gym didn't get up and walk around and talk to you and stuff? I didn't have PE at my high school. But I'm pretty sure that's not how it works. And like the gym, the gym, the sports center on on my current campus, uh, as far as I know, doesn't move. It's <laughs> been in the same spot. But maybe I mean, where's my tuition money going if it's not going to make the gym sentient? You know. I mean, just just get the scholarship to space, honestly. You know. Yeah, I feel like that's more realistic than like getting anything that the school needs. Yeah. The show rocks. It's it's fun. It's really funny. There's some weird 
gender and sexual dynamics going on here. Yeah. Like, the entire episode where Richie Rich comes along and starts hitting on Amy the whole time and trying to woo her away. Mm-hmm. The entire premise of the episode is that she should not be with this guy. She should be talking to Creep and Creep is going to leave school and cry and like creep is like a nice guy that's always so nice to her and pays attention to her and i'm like no get the fuck away from this guy like you know what yeah go to a different school leave leave please i was just so worried for amy's safety honestly i I can't believe that there are so many aliens and all of these species have this weird culture of binary gender like right (laughs) (laughs) there's no trans aliens in the show how unimaginative do the creators of the show right. <laughs> have to be? Like Lloyd in Space on Disney Channel did that um, in the early 2000s. There was an episode where like a character that wasn't gendered came to school and all the other students were like, are you a boy or are you a girl? And they were like, I get to choose when I turn 13 if I'm going to be a boy or a girl. And everybody's like, be a boy, be a boy, be a girl, be a girl. And then at the end of the episode, they decide like, yeah, I made my choice, but I'm not going to tell you guys what I chose. <laughs> When Disney Channel is, is is more daring than the art you're creating, I, I feel like you have to question something. Not to, like, disparage everything that's ever been made, but to disparage Disney specifically. I think, I think Disney Channel also made Braceface, which had an episode in the early 2000s. No, it aired on Fox, I guess. Braceface had an episode that I wanted to talk about on the podcast, where basically the main girl is trying to set up her gay friend with another gay guy that she met. And the entire episode, mm-hmm. she's trying to like sneakily like set up these two gay guys because they're gay. So obviously they would love each other. Oh, of course. And then and then the moral of the episode at the end is like, hey, fuck you, straight people. Stop trying to set up your gay friends with each other just because they're gay. And I was like, this is yeah. this is metal. This is really good for like 2002 or whatever. The early 2000s in terms of media, I cannot get a hold or understanding of because most of it is so bad. But then there are things like that. Well, those are the standouts, you know. Yeah, the the exceptions that prove the rule, I suppose, is the saying as the uh-huh. saying goes, which is a saying that doesn't make any sense. But yeah. neither does having a bazillion different aliens all belong to a binary concept of gender. As far as we know, we didn't watch every episode. Maybe there's an episode, a very special episode about trans issues in yeah. the middle of Galaxy High. In the middle of 1986. I'll probably end up watching the rest of the show because, you know, I have final exams in a few months, so I'm going to need something <laughs> to do to put off studying. But I'll, I'll like, watch all of them and, and get back to you. And if there's anything that, like, stands out. Yeah, I mean, Galaxy High is just so much fun. And it's all on YouTube, all 13 episodes. I definitely recommend people go check that out. So IMDb just says 1986-nothing, so you never know what might come back. Oh, yeah. I um, mean, there was supposed to be a movie. They got an option in the 90s for a movie and uh, never happened. Wow. Addison, thank you so much for joining me on this episode of the podcast. Oh, it was my pleasure. It was it was out of this world. <laughs> Great. <laughs> canceled everything. <laughs> Thanks. Just... Yeah, the podcast is canceled because of that. I'll put it on the on the cover art. I'll put quote out of this world 10 out of 10. <laughs> Where can people find you on social media? Uh, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Paper Jam Session. You can find me on YouTube and Medium under Addison Antonoff. Great. And um, I am on Twitter at StopTweetingMia. You guys, thank you so much for listening to this episode. Rate and view the podcast. Um, If you haven't done that already, it really does help. As always, I'm your host, Mia Marchant. And I'm here if you need to talk. Oh, I'm the creep from the planet Sarabeek. Your heart belongs to me, yeah. 
At night when you're asleep Into your spaceship I will creep Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event Right now get 20% below MSRP For an average of $15,178 Under MSRP On the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe Or Summit 4xe Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.